Bless me, Father, for I have shins. It's taken me almost a month to get to this point where I've decided that I should talk about this. And it's not so much a confession, because it's not something I'm ashamed of or feel bad about, really. In a way, I'm actually pretty proud of it. I'll definitely never forget the dick pics of 9-11. If you search it, you will find pictures of Dick Cheney on September 11th, 2001. But that's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about how I've sent 911 dick pics, because although I've sent my fair share, I don't think it's been quite that many yet. And it's not a special deal that I'm offering where I'm going to send out 911 pictures of my dick, or it's only going to cost $9.11 or $911 for you to get a deal on some dick pics. I, I will probably send you those if you want for free. No, all the different ways that you can take dick pics, and there are a lot of different ways to take dick pics. I prefer to do it smiling. I feel like it shows. The energy shows. I just can't get past all the similarities between dick pics and 9-11. Think about it. And how on that day, in those buildings, there had to have been people that took, sent, and received dick pics. Fuck, for all we know, Osama bin Laden or some of the Al-Qaeda guys might have even been involved in these ongoings. But can you imagine how, if you had been a guy in the building that day, and you'd sent one to somebody that wasn't expecting to receive one, and they didn't take it well, they were upset, and they were going to be very upset with you. They thought they would never forget. How drastically that would have changed. How sentimental and significant this picture, this gesture, may seem after what happened later that day. And what an interestingly difficult position that puts that person in that received such a picture on such a day. Even more than that, though, I think I like imagining that there were other people out in our country as well, the type of people that just never hear the news on their own. Somebody has to tell them. And that day, they had sent dick pics to somebody who had heard the news. And so on top of just being horrified at what they had seen on the screens and in their minds of what was happening... They were receiving a picture of somebody, well, a part of somebody, and wondering what kind of person would send a picture like that at this time. But 
that still isn't even the worst part of it. The worst part is that the reason I thought of this was because I was thinking about how I could take a new approach to this online dating that I've been doing, the Bumble and the other apps I've used, and how I could actually keep the attention of somebody. And I was thinking that maybe a dick pic would do it, but it would have to have more than just your standard dick pic. It needed some kind of extra pull. It needed that extra push. And so the first thing I thought was like a 9-11 dick pic. That was just the idea that came to mind. I was like, huh, I, I want more attention from my online dating interactions. How do I do that? 9-11 dick pics. That's how my brain works. You think a dick pic is invasive or a breach of your privacy or personal space? Imagine having a brain like mine. I used to offer it and hope that it would happen, that someday there would be scientists out there that wanted to study my brain. And if that's the case now, I'm still up for that. I still would be more than delighted to have that happen. But it didn't just end with the idea. I kept thinking about it. And I, I loved it. I had so many different avenues of thought with this awful idea. I was thinking about how I would even go about doing like a 9-11 dick pic. Like, would it just be a dick pic with a line with it? Like, never forget this dick. Hashtag forget 9-11. Or should I like paint it? Should I try to paint my dick like one of the towers? And then I started thinking, like, if I did that, would I have to use like a filter would I want to put it, like, make it look like it was a newspaper or something? Or maybe I could even do video. Like, if I had it painted and I started soft and I let it get hard without touching it or anything, I used some time lapse and I edited it and I did it in reverse, it would look like the tower falling, but I don't know if that's sending the right message. I do know that I am now sending the right message, or the one that I intended, that you never forget 9-11 dick pics. Next year, with the 20th anniversary, you think about that, and maybe you send a dick pic to somebody. <laughs> or maybe you get one. It's dick art. No, that's not how you say dick art, as in Rene Descartes. And if you're thinking... Who's that? You know. I'll get you on track, my little philosophical engines that can. You guys remember that, right? I think I can. I think I can. The little engine that could. Well, I was thinking of little philosophical engines that can. And how instead they would say, I think I am. I think I am. I think I am. Because Rene Descartes is the one that you probably know his line... I think, therefore I am. Or maybe you know The Matrix or one of those other stories that was inspired by that idea that the things that we see maybe aren't actually what we're seeing. They're not actually there. That maybe our brain is just sitting in a vat, like a jar, 
which, yeah, that'd probably be better to do with my brain. But ultimately, Rene Descartes came to that conclusion after this really long, like, absurdly over-the-top, detailed walkthrough of how one would approach just thinking about what is actually real, what a person can know, and how they would go about doing that. So, in the end, he comes to that conclusion that he thinks, and in order for there to be thought, there has to be a thinker. And that's where that line, I think, therefore I am, that's where it comes from and what it means. What's interesting about that? Well, what's interesting about this week is I've been having universe moments. Those like seemingly coincidental things. And hopefully I'll incorporate all those. And although I like how Dickard and Descartes kind of sound similar and I used that as a segue, I do actually think that those ideas are connected as well as what I'm going to be discussing here soon. But at the time when René Descartes was writing these papers, he called them as meditations, and they were intended to be a little bit lighter, a little bit easier to read than like the essays other philosophers were doing at the time. He was actually asked to do this by the church because at this time there was a lot of skepticism. People had started to question what they actually knew, what was actually real because there were a bunch of major scientific breakthroughs and because those scientific breakthroughs, such as the heliocentric universe, meaning that we're not at the center of the universe when they discovered that because of the telescope and Galileo and all that stuff back then, people started questioning the church and questioning just what do we actually know and what is actually real? And with this rampant rise in skepticism, things were probably pretty similar to how they are now. Wait, so history actually repeats itself? Why doesn't anybody ever say that? Why don't we study history? Oh yeah, we do. Both of those things. I wasn't alive back then, and I don't know the history terribly well, so... It's a lot more difficult for me to draw on the similarities between now and then as, I don't know, dick pics and 9-11. But it's still a very studied and a very respected collection of writing and thinking, both in philosophy and the world. I mean, so many stories have been developed from not only this, but a lot of other philosophy as well, but... If you're facing a lot of skepticism, like Descartes was, maybe it'd be helpful to look at the history so that it doesn't repeat itself. Man, I seriously think that we're going to need philosophy if we're going to have a future. We can't just keep going like this. This way that we are right now, the pandemic aside... This isn't sustainable in any way. Not only the planet, but what we're doing as people, how we're behaving and everything. 
We need to get back on track. We need to be little philosophical engines that can. I think I am. I think I am. Although, as with Descartes, Descartes may also be interpreted differently. Maybe you hear that I think, therefore I am, and you think it's like a superpower kind of thing. If I just think this thing, then I can be that thing. I think I'm an asshole. And wow, look at that. I am an asshole. I was thinking about that, though, and if that really were possible, let's say just by thinking, we could start to change our genetic coding. We could essentially be and do anything and everything we ever wanted if we just simply spent the amount of time, put in the effort, and thought through to the point of being able to achieve this, would people actually do it? Would people spend the amount of time, effort, and energy that they have with going to the gym lately with that whole trend and traveling, maybe before pandemic times, but all these other things that people are so fixated and focused on just to avoid having to use their brain. If that was finally the answer, the key to really achieving all those things, would people even try? I want to believe that they would. I, I know that some people would. Some people are bound to that like I am. They just have to do that, and they're going to do that no matter what. And I think the other people still wouldn't. They would try everything possible to find a way around that. There would be people that would be paying other people to like try and like think through it, and then train them how to do it. And they would be trying to like pay for the answers, or they'd be trying to pay for like the shortcuts, the genetic codings that people had figured out, or something. But hey, you shouldn't have to think to exist, right? This week having some universe moments finally was nice because that hasn't happened in a long time for me. And it usually does. It usually occurs pretty regularly when I'm feeling better about things and I feel like I'm on track. I don't necessarily believe in destiny, but... It makes me feel like, at the very least, I'm paying attention to what's going on, and I'm noticing the way that things connect. And I think that's important for that mentality of finding reason for why things happen. And so one of these universe moments was in watching a documentary about Pete Souza, who was the White House photographer for both Reagan and Obama, and he's an incredible photographer. His pictures are packed with complex emotions and expressions. And hearing him talk about it was also really good for most of it. The reason I bring it up is because he was in the room 
the night that they killed Osama bin Laden, and he has pictures both as it's happening and then after. And it's like I was talking about in the Killing Babies episode about killing, about how even in a moment like that, you don't celebrate it. It's not a happy thing. If you get to a point where you do make the choice to kill or you end up killing, you approach it just as that. You don't justify it. You don't say that it's right or anything. You just acknowledge that it happened and you did it. And that's what this picture shows. As well as the moment after when Obama did go on TV and inform the nation as people were out celebrating in the streets the death. And I liked how that reminded me, as well as 9-11 dick pics, of an art series that I wanted to do at one point. I wanted to do paintings from certain moments in history where there was a single instant where there was horror and happiness side by side. Like when JFK was assassinated, there had to have been a second or two where the bullet was coming out of his head and he was essentially dead. I don't know if he still had a smile on his face, but his wife next to him was definitely still smiling and waving. I wanted to do an entire series like this and you could stick with the assassination and do like Lincoln and other people or just take other moments from history where there was that brief instance where there was that overlap, that intersection right next to each other where one side of it had gotten the information and was instantaneously struck, horrified, and the other side was still in the joy of another moment that hadn't been touched by that yet. I don't see myself getting around to making that a thing. So if somebody wants to use that idea, whether for paintings or videos or whatever could be done with it, as I said, I'll throw ideas out there, more than welcome to use them. I'd be more than happy to see that. Among the avenues of ideas, connecting thoughts, universe moments, histories, repetition... I remembered that at one point in our history, we thought Fonzie was cool. Fucking Fonzie. Hey, And his name, his name isn't even cool. Fonzie? Fucking Fonzie? Might as well have been Fozzie Bear. It's about how cool he was. At least the Muppets were cool enough to acknowledge how lame Fozzie was and... Now, in hindsight, Fonzie seems equally, if not even more lame than that fucking bear. But I was thinking about that because that's what he was supposed to be at the time, and I'm sure a lot of people thought that Fonzie was cool. I mean, even in Pulp Fiction, there's that reference, being cool like Fonzie. And I was thinking that... If that's how that was, if there was a time when people thought that Fonzie was cool, maybe that's how it's going to be with Trump. Yeah, I can say his name. He's not fucking Voldemort. 
I just don't like to. I don't like to give him any extra attention that he needs. But maybe with how these people are thinking of Donald Trump, how he's the greatest president that has done more for America and black people than any president has ever done and all this other stuff that he himself is saying and other people are repeating. Maybe someday people will look back on that as they study philosophy and he will have been as great a president as Fonzie was cool. But cool isn't really cool anymore. I remember my sister said that years ago, and it was true then, and it's gotten even more true now as we move forward somehow, unfortunately. I think it'd be cool if we tried to make cool cool again. Especially now that, like, the weather's cool. It's helping me be a lot more cool with my emotions. Albert, do you think just saying cool a lot is going to make cool cool or make more things cool? No. Cool. I was talking to my friend last night, and I realized how cool my childhood was and how... As kids, we were so much more cool than we are now. Because I had this friend that lived across the street who was just a fucking annoying little fuck. Like, he was the one that would call me and be like, Is Albert there? And I'd be like, Yeah. And he'd be like, I'll be right over. And he stole this bracelet that my sister made for me that had my initials on them, A-J-E. He had stolen it, and he was wearing it on his ankle. And we knew that it was mine because it had my initials, and my sister had made it. And I asked him, hey, is that my bracelet? And he was like, no. And we're like, then what the fuck? Those are my initials. What does that mean? And I don't remember what he said at this point. But this fucking kid was basically a retard. He was never diagnosed. And I know that's not like politically correct and it's offensive or whatever. But that's really the only way that you can describe somebody like this. This kid was just a fucking retard. And then I had Sock Boy... The kid that fucking looked like one of his parents was probably a sock. And that always wore those homemade, stretchy, fucking elastic pants where the front looks as much like the back and the the lengths of the legs are never right. They're never even. And he's always, like, shifting in them in a weird way and grabbing the crotch or the butt. And this kid, I'm pretty sure, was actually autistic. I don't think he was ever diagnosed, but... We're pretty sure he was autistic because whenever there were loud noises, he would wave his hands over his ears and be like, stop, stop, you're holding my ears. And both these kids were Mormon, so completely different backgrounds, and we still swore and said the horrible things like calling them dildos that we did. 
and we didn't like these kids. I mean, they smelled. But somehow, we still just got together. We would still just, like, go outside and, like, meet up in a field and just figure out fun things to do, whether it's sitting in the field with a stick, playing in the dirt, or coming up with some game in the field where we flattened down the tall grass and made rooms and had a castle and all kinds of shit like that, or ran off somewhere else in the neighborhood playing tag or hide-and-seek or whatever the case. It didn't matter what horrible things about us there were or what horrible things we might think about each other or how different our backgrounds were or anything. We just we went outside and we played together and we had fun together. And we didn't stop until heard our parents calling our names because we didn't have cell phones or tracking chips implanted in our fucking heads. We heard one of our parents screaming and it was getting dark and we went home. It wasn't until we got inside that you realized how cold your feet had been because you were just outside running around without shoes. And you didn't even realize any rocks or anything you might have stepped on that might have hurt. You didn't realize how cold your feet were or anything because you were just having fun with the people that were in your life that were around you that you didn't even necessarily like. I think that's cool. And I think thinking is cool. And I think philosophy is cool. And I think 9-11 dick pics are cool. And I think that does it for the menu. Do you guys feel dumber? I feel dumber. I was listening to some older episodes because one of my friends finally listened and mentioned something about it, so I wanted to make sure I knew what he was talking about, and... I know that when the pandemic started, I was getting a little bit spacey mentally and feeling like I wasn't as sharp, but I I feel like there have been moments where I got out of it a little bit, but I don't know. I'm 30 now, so maybe I'm just getting dumber. Maybe this is the beginning of getting dumber. Maybe it's just how things are right now, or maybe it's just because... I spend so much time in my house and just like vegetable minding, just rotting from the inside out. But it's cool. And I'm going to be cool like Fonzie. Or I'm going to study more and use my brain more and think more so that I can be more. I mentioned last week that my one year doing comedy was coming up here, and it's actually going to be in two days, on Tuesday. On 2-0, October 20th, Tuesday, in two days, I will share the five minutes I did at Tempe Improv a year ago. 
as a little extra something something for you this week. And as a reminder and comparison for how I was making my debut entrance into pursuing this hobby or potential career. See how I've grown. See how much uh, fucking smarter or cooler or funnier I am. Do I get to speak now? Because you are in a confession booth, and it sounds like you're just doing a podcast or something instead of confessing. I think I am, and I think it's cool, Father Fonzie. Talk to you in a week. <laughs>